You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 260, an interview with Sharzad Shukra. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show, episode 260. I just have to breathe about this episode because Sharzad, who is a coach for women, helping women to become not only empowered in their lives and businesses, but more specifically empowered women in their relationships, calling on the divine feminine, knowing your worth, knowing how loved and adored you are meant to be and sitting, standing on the throne of that, owning it, embodying all of that worthiness in you so that you then attract the relationships of your truest desire. That That's just a little bit of what Sharzad does, a little bit. And she has a beautiful website called fullyadored.com. Go bookmark it. You will want to refer to her blog posts, everything. She just, she brings, she just radiates that queen identity of worthiness and abundance and love and the ability to attract all that you desire, knowing who you are. If you've ever struggled with knowing your value, if you've ever struggled with knowing your worth, if you've ever struggled with attracting all the wrong people and then feeling like you have to settle for less because that's all you're attracting, if you've ever wanted to know the answer to the question, why don't I attract the people I truly desire? What's missing in me? What do I need to do differently? This is the coach for you because in today's interview, Shahzad is really going to go deep into the inner work that as women we need to do, as entrepreneurs we need to do. And you know what? As those who who came to this world to love and be loved, we all need to do this work. So stay tuned. This is a powerful interview. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. I have a wonderful guest today, Sharzad Shukra. Sharzad, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Cassandra. It's a pleasure. You know, I absolutely adore your website and I adore the fact that it is called Fully Adored. Can you, can you just talk about where that name came from? Oh, I love that you adore it because I'm all about being adored and <laughs> just a little <laughs> side note. But yes, um, so it's funny. When I first started this, uh, my journey of, um, becoming a relationship coach, my, website was actually called stop feeling invisible because that's how i got started you know when i was a younger you know in, in college um even even before that in high school i always felt like i was an invisible girl wherever i went no one ever saw me i didn't have a voice no matter what i did i could never have you know get a guy's attention especially the kind of guys that i actually like so it started from there, me desiring to just be seen, just just not be like a fly on the wall. But as I evolved in my own path of, uh, you know, my, my own relationship with my partner, I realized I don't want to just be in, not be invisible. I actually want to be really, really 
loved for who I am. There's a difference between just, you know, not being someone that is, that exists and other people notice it, but, and then the woman that, you know, she, she shows up and she owns the space. Um, not that, you know, we need to get everyone's attention, but her presence is felt. And especially by, you know, whether she is dating by the kind of men that she wants to be noticed, or if she's in a relationship, she wants to be fully loved and adored for who she really is. So that's where it came from, a real desire of my own that I wanted it. And as I was able to bring it forth into my life, then um, it just gave birth to my business as well as the fully adored. And um, I think every woman, uh, if not every woman, but most women want to feel fully adored in their lives. Oh, that's so wonderful. Did you always know that this was the kind of business that you wanted to, to create? Well, I was in corporate um, just, uh, you know, in, in 2017, uh, that's when I started having my own business. But before that, I was a civil engineer. I used to work in a company, international company that they manufactured mapping equipment. And I would travel all over the world and training our clients on how to use our equipment. So that wasn't even, you know, back in the day before 2017, that wasn't even on my radar. But the reason I became a relationship coach was again because of my own journey. Um, throughout the years from the age of 16, I used to have one failed relationship after another. And it was me trying so hard to make it work. Every relationship I was at, it wasn't like I wasn't, you know, was jumping from one relationship to another. I would give it my all. I would sacrifice all my time and all my heart and devote and commit to a person that was not committal to me. And it was basically never enough. I never felt enough in my relationships. I was never fulfilled in many of my relationships. And after a couple of years, um, the longest one being five years, I would always hear the same words from the man, you know, I, I just don't know yet. I'm not sure yet. I'm not ready yet. You're a nice girl, but I just don't feel it for you. So I was really devastated. And when the last relationship went to, um, it, it ended worse than any other relationship. Then I got to a point of what the heck am I doing wrong? Why is it that every relationship I show up and I do and give everything that I've got and it's never enough? What's wrong with me? So I started seeking and searching of, um, literally, what, what, you know, understanding men, understanding relationships, if I'm the common denominator in every single relationship, and I have the same pattern over and over and over, then there must be something that I am doing that is causing all of this. So through all of that, I step into the path of um, feminine and masculine energy in relationships. And I pretty much realized that up to this point, I was doing everything incorrectly when it came to men and relationships, that I was actually um, repelling men by my overgiving tendencies and by my controlling tendencies and trying and convincing so much and so hard. And when I invested in, um, you know, really learning about the, the skills of doing relationships, that's when everything started to change. That's when um, 
you know, I, I use the timeline just to show women how quickly this can happen. My last breakup was on June 15th, 2013. And that's when I began the seeking. And on November 15th, uh, 2013, so in five months, I went on a first date with a man um, that is now my husband. And he was a completely different kind of a man, someone that was just nothing like any of the guys that I used to be with. And I say that to see how quickly a woman can shift when they start to implement real relationship skills that actually do work and they can get resolved really quickly. So all that to say is that when I saw how quickly this can happen and when I remembered myself of how much pain I endured, how much pain I was in, how many heartbreaks that I um, had to go through to get to that point. I'm like, well, this, there's a real need for it. There's a real, um, you know, pandemic going on that women need to know how to do this. I started helping other women with the things that I knew um, how to do now. And it started from one woman and it started a group. And after that, I just... Uh, couldn't stop. It was so rewarding to see the transformation in women's lives and relationships so profoundly that within, um, I believe, three, four months, I quit my full-time corporate job and became a full-time relationship coach. And I never looked back since then. That is so, that is so amazing. I loved that you said it doesn't take as much time as maybe a lot of women think it will take. And, I, and I'm thinking specifically of women and I know some of them in their 40s, late 40s, who are like, I'm 47, this can't take forever, I'm 40, I'm 35, I'm 30, what have you, the whatever number you want to give to it. But a lot of women think that the older that they get, they're like, do I really have time to do this work? Mm. And you speak to the fact that it can happen quickly. Transformation doesn't have to take a decade. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It really doesn't. All it takes is a woman who is willing to take personal responsibility. She's willing to look at herself and say that I, like I said, I'm the common denominator in every relationship in my life. It cannot be that it's every single guy's fault. And even if I have attracted men that were less than great, and, we, and no matter what, whether you have a pattern of abusive men, hot and cold men, unavailable men, whoever they are, mine were non-committal men, men that didn't see me, is that there is a part of you that that is a magnet and attracted to that. So once you start to take that personal responsibility and have a desire to transform and shift this and have the have the commitment to yourself to going about that, then it really doesn't have to take long at all. It's just a matter of how willing are you to go deep, do the work, and be rewarded massively for it. Oof. Now let me ask you a, a challenging question about that because I, I also hear women who will listen to this and they will say, um, okay, I feel like I'm ready to do the work, but I'm currently in a relationship that I feel is, is not sort of my fully adored um, dream relationship. Does that mean that when I do this work and I go deep, and I take personal responsibility, and I become a woman who, you know, shows up and owns the space, does that mean that this relationship is over? What do you say to that? That is a wonderful question. So 
there is no guarantee that either cases will happen, but the good news is that the woman is going to be in a win-win situation. A lot of times, a lot of times, including my own relationship, the man is always responding to who we are. The man's energy is always in a mirror to what we are available for and what we are not available for. So, for example, um, if you're in a relationship that a man, let's say he doesn't take initiative, he is he is, let's say that you desire to get more work, more support from him around the house or you want him to um, start planning dates and he doesn't. And you're always doing all of that. You know, you always you're, you're so tired. You don't you don't even ask because um, you're really, really tired of hearing no or when he does it, he doesn't do it as well as you would do. So what happens is that a woman starts doing all the things, assuming that he's incapable of, he's too lazy, that's not just who he is. So he then, um, even if he's a masculine kind of a guy that he would want to do it, everybody is go not, everybody is going to say, yes, please do it for me. Even if they're not attracted to it, even if they are not, this, you know, they, they don't have the spark of attraction, but if you keep, and it's the same thing happened in my past relationships. You know, I used to be doing all the things that I wanted for a man to do for me. And none of the guys said, no, don't, you know, surprise me with wonderful dates or don't keep cooking for me. Thank you. Go on. But it didn't mean that they were going to reciprocate that. So I didn't allow the space for them to step up because they were, there's always, I always say that there is a, there's a relationship bubble. If you look at it, you're two people in a bubble. And when one person comes forward, the other person leans backward and vice versa. So if you are continuously moving forward as a woman, the man has no choice to move backwards and lean back. And so for that shift to happen, that means that you're going to have to get really good at being being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you ask, for example, for something to get done in the house, that the minute you ask, and if it doesn't happen, you allow there to be time for it until it happened, that you're not going to roll your eyes and, and do it anyways yourself. Or if you are asking or desiring to have planned dates from your man, that you ask for it and then allow there to be a space and surrender for him to actually do it instead of saying, well, he's probably not going to book us a nice spa or like a um, nice restaurant for our anniversary. I better go ahead and do it because he's going to mess it up or he's going to forget. So having the tendency of really getting comfortable with theirs because you're changing the dance of the relationship. The dynamics of the dance is, is changing and if we have to be fair, the other person, you're changing the steps, they're going to have to learn it. They might step on your toes and stumble a few times. But if you're patient and if you give it um, time for him to start catching up with you, then there's a really, really good chance that he is going to actually rise beyond what you thought was possible for him. Now, I'm saying not saying that this is going to happen all the time. There are times that as a woman um, really anchors into her femininity, really allows their the masculine to step up that he doesn't and um that's possible but then you know that you are 
um, you are not going to, part of being a feminine energy is that allowing and not trying to control, allowing the person to do life based on their own terms without you having to push for it, without you having to, um, you expecting it and then judging it that there is something wrong with him. But once you know what you want and you let there, you know, you do your own work and all of this needs to be done, you know, either the tendencies are there, you want to take the lead, you want to um, take out the garbage five minutes after you ask when he doesn't. So you have to actually get the support that you need in order to, to stay in that empowered feminine. But let's say that there has been some time and he's just showing you and telling you that he's not available to be the kind of man that you need. Then when you do the work, when you anchor into the worthiness that this is what I deserve and I, I am only wanting it from someone that wants to give it to me. I don't want to force it out of them. I don't want to push them. I don't want to convince them. I'm just available for that. So maybe this relationship is no longer what I desire in this, this life. Then they, there is that, um, that yes, there, whenever and a chap chapter comes to an end, it might feel sad, but you know in your heart what you want and you know in your heart that it, there are men like that out there and you can step and find those men or have them find you. So either or you're going to be able to have the relationship that you want. You just have to be willing to do your part and then letting the man show you whether he's capable or not. And if he's not, then there's another guy for you that will. Have you ever coached someone who said to you, Shazad, how do I know whether to stay or to go in this? Great question. So we would have to go a little deep and seeing that how her tendencies are actually, are they coming from the, from the empowered feminine or the wounded feminine? So looking everybody, everything starts with us. So how is she communicating her needs to a man? How is she, um, letting him know what her boundaries are, what are her non-negotiables? What are the things that she's okay with and she's not okay with? Is she actually, showing up in her own relationship as her full authentic self or is she putting on an act so once i get to know her um and energy never lies it is yes. it's always so so true that in you know you show up and you can put on an act but your energy never ever lies um then we know that um she's she's done the work and she has this calmness about her she might feel sad about the fact that this might be coming to an end but she is not going into drama and she is um you know setting her beliefs that she deserves more so once we know that she's done everything that she possibly could on herself and she's just not seeing results, then my invitation for her is to let the, let the man know that this is that what she's strongly feeling and these are all the needs that she needs and they're not being met. And is he willing or is he not willing? And then after that, she has her answer. And one of the other things that I am um, a, a really firm believer is that know your own boundaries, know your non-negotiable. So for me, for example, for me, there are certain things that I know in my heart that if they were crossed and I have communicated them very clearly to my man that I love him, but I am not going to self-abandon because of him. So if I see any violent behavior, if I see any abuse, no matter how many days we have, how many days, years, 
tens of tens of years we have been together the minute that that bridge is crossed i'm gone so with that belief in me that this is and this is more more important than anything that it's not just like an these are not empty words i know in my heart that i'm unavailable for behavior like that and that energy on its own will also safeguard your relationship because the man has real respect for you the guy really understands that she is not going to self-abandon and put up with my nonsense or my you know shortcomings and the attraction between the two of you rises because of that anyway so it's um it's basically know your non-negotiables know your boundaries communicate them clearly do your own work of becoming the most amazing version of yourself and then be a gentle observer and see whether or not he is um responding and coming towards you or he is set in his ways and if he is then that's your answer you walk away with grace very very powerful and so the very interesting thing about it especially when it comes to women entrepreneurs is I feel there's there are many times in business where the masculine energy becomes important for the, how we get things done. And so mm -hmm. a lot of women, women entrepreneurs have to sort of pull in the masculine energy, but then at the end of the day, especially if they have an online business, they're working from home, it can be very challenging to put that masculine energy down, to take back in the feminine and to show up that way in your home. Mm -hmm. What suggestions do you have for women who are, you know, very driven, very overachiever, whether they work for corporate or their own business, use a lot of masculine energy and therefore have trouble putting it down in their relationships? Love this question so much, Cassandra, because I personally struggled with it at the beginnings of my, my, well, first of all, in my corporate world job, it was so masculine and so competitive. Um, so that was that. And, um, when I became a coach, you, you know, a coach is, has 500 things to do. And she's, when she's coaching, she is giving, she is um, giving advice, she's problem solving, and she's pouring her all of herself out to the to the, the her men mentee. So it was at first a real challenge for me. And then I learned the power of pleasure and reward system for yourself so what i mean by that is that we women are such amazing go-getters we can get things done and we can multitask and we can just create the most amazing business in the world but what we have not gotten really good at is to acknowledge what we have done and give ourselves a little gift give ourselves a little bit of patting the back and being proud of ourselves we can just go back and say look at all the things that we didn't do or we could go back and look at oh this i could have done this better or oh, i'm so stupid or this client or you know um didn't exactly do as what i wish they did what's wrong with me so we go into criticism with the intention of doing better next time but what we don't understand is that the feminine doesn't thrive on criticism. The feminine thrives by encouragement, by looking at, wow, this, what I did was amazing. And I'm so proud of myself and I am ever growing and I'm evolving. And I am, 
you know, I did enough. What I did was enough. It always comes that not feeling enough, not doing enough, not being enough. So when we learn how to give ourselves that loving, those loving words, when we learn to take more breaks in between, take conscious breaths in between our work, then we also remember that what's the most pleasurable way for me to work right now? What is the most pleasurable way for me to let's say launch a product instead of these are the funnels and these are the things that I have to do is that, you know, asking our heart, what do I want to do in what settings? What do I want to wear? That that brings us more joy. Then just by doing that, we become more feminine in our businesses. So it doesn't feel like we have two different personalities, that what we are in our business is completely different what we have to be in with, with our men. Now, of course, at our jobs, corporate jobs and all of that, you do need to have some level of masculinity. You have to organize, you have to plan, you have to um, become, you know, know your schedule and all that stuff. Um, but it is how much more femininity can you bring into your workplace will allow you to be able to switch back to complete feminine when you're in front of your men. So one of the things that I do um, before my husband usually gets back from work is that when, you know, when he does, you know, not 100% of the times we are never going to with perfection because perfection is another masculine trait. But, you know, as, as much as I can, half an hour before he gets home or if if he you know whenever i'm done where i take some time to myself to go back into my body take a moment to just breathe a little deeper feel my heart feel my body if i want to you know change my clothes from if I'm, you know, when I used to work at, at a, at a um, corporate job, change into something that feels more like, you know, I feel more confident in it, I'm comfortable, but still more confident. If I wanted to, you know, put my hair down, whatever made me feel softer, whatever made me feel slow down a little bit and go from the doing energy to being energy, it's like a switch that is turned off. So give yourself anywhere between 10 minutes to, to half an hour to connect back with your body. Breathe deeply. Talking to yourself with kinder words. I did amazing today. Wow, I'm so proud of myself. And um, just just allowing yourself to soak in that um you know, your own love, then you become more receptive to love. You become the attention that you give yourself in that moment makes you more receptive to attention from him. So that's when you can prepare yourself that you're not 100% in your masculine when you're at your work anyways. And the transition becomes easier when you want to go fully feminine in front of your guy. That is awesome. And those are those are simple but powerful rituals that can really help you to to get into that empowered feminine position. Yes, yes. I love them so much. I can't function without them. That is amazing. Now I want to come back to something you, you talked about earlier. You were you were talking about this idea of um, you know, when women choose unavailable men and how you had a pattern of doing that. I've always wanted to ask an expert this, especially when it comes to relationships in the divine feminine. Why do we choose unavailable men at different points in our lives? Such an amazing question. It's because 
at some level, we believe that we are not worthy of having an available man. And another one is that at some level, we know that this person will never ever truly be with us forever. So they can't hurt us as much as they could when we are in a committed relationship. What I mean by that is that we all have the wisdom within us. We all know, energy knows, that when a guy comes, that he is, whether emotionally unavailable, or he is, let's say, um, married, for example, deep down, you know that this person will never ever be with you fully so if they're not fully with you, when they leave you, then it's not going to hurt as much. Mm -hmm. If you are completely in a committed relationship that you have shown who you are, you have, you know, showed up with your heart, with your flaws, with everything that in you, and the guy accepted you or didn't accept you, if he accepted you and then left you, then that is really painful if there was a breakup at the end. Or if um, he didn't and he rejected you, that would be really, really painful as well. So it's always we're trying to avoid a bigger pain. And unknowingly, we create more pain in our lives because it's not actually that much fun to to constantly trying to make an unavailable man become available constantly trying to make this impossible uh mission in front of us that once i get to um once i do this once i become more of this when i you know um show him how great I am when I show how much I can make his life easier then maybe he chooses me but deep down you know that's not possible and that's why we, we keep on doing it we are wired when we are in our wounded feminine to pick on men that they can't truly truly see us so they can truly truly hurt us but it hurts in the in the whole process anyways does that answer your question oh my goodness it so does wow so it's a defense mechanism against pain but we end up causing more pain by absolutely. choosing someone as a defense mechanism absolutely it's 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 a little um it, the analogy I use is that unfortunately it's like cancer. Cancer keeps on spreading, wanting to survive, and at the end it it destroys the host. Anyways, it it ceases to it keeps on spreading because it wants to survive, and then once nothing is left, it dies. So we we have all these tendencies of of um, trying to avoid pain. And in the meantime, we keep on denting our own heart. We keep on putting more pain on our own own journey and at the end we just become so exhausted so heartbroken and we just think something is wrong with us we are just fundamentally unlovable but the truth to be told it's not that it's that we do it to ourselves wow and you know it's interesting that you that you explain it that way because you know there was a time when i was in a relationship with someone and we'd broken up and gotten back together and, and all kinds of things. And I remember he kept telling me throughout the relationship, he said, um, I'm d I can no longer convince you. Like he kept saying that over and over, I can no longer convince you. I'm done. I really, I just, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to convince you. And I never, for the life of me, the whole span of that, I never understood what he meant. I used to look at him and think, what are you talking about? Like, you're not going to convince me anymore. 
But after that relationship ended, boy, was that a beautiful lesson for me. Because then I had to look at myself and I had to look at the ways I showed up in a relationship always through whether it's overachieving or overproviding or over any over what you add the blank in. I used those kind of, I'm so good because I'll give so much more because as a way to convince. And I realized that the lesson he taught me was convincing energy is desperate energy. And like you said, energy doesn't lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. It's when a person is trying to convince when it means that I, it's not, this is not enough. What I am is not enough. What I have to offer is not enough. So what else can I do or give to you for you to choose me? And no one is attracted to that. No one is wants to be sold onto something. You know, we, we are always running away from those, um, you know, real, when you go to a store and the person is chasing you around, even if you like something in the store, you're like, oh my God, I just want to get away from this person. They're so pushy. And the energy does the exact same thing when the person is like, you know, you could have, the store could have great stuff, but the person, that person's energy is pushing you away. And it's a similar thing in a relationship. When you are trying to make the person see you, feel you, honor you, cherish you, whatever that you try to get it out of them. They're like, okay, you are great. But this whole thing of you're trying to shove it down my throat is just not working for me. Exactly. And so is that what you mean by stepping into the empowered feminine and sort of owning the space? You're no longer doing all of that convincing. I mean, what does it mean to own the space and, and live in the empowered feminine? Love the question. It is about, I know I'm enough. I know what I have to offer is enough. And I don't have to put on a show for you. You know, you know, when a queen enters any room, just imagine it. She enters a room. She is not like a clown and in a circus trying to grab anyone's attention. Even if someone is not looking and has their back to them, they can feel the presence of the queen coming in because they know inside that they are worthy of being seen. They are so worthy of respect and attention just magnetizes towards them. And then every woman has that element within her. When you know that you're enough, when you know that you're worthy, when you know within every fiber of your being that you, the right person for you will see you, love you, and adore you. You, you'll stop the acting. You'll stop the trying. And that comes from a deep within knowing. And there is not another, you know, what do you want to call it? You don't have to get a degree, another degree for that. You don't have to lose five more pounds for that. You don't have to um, change anything about you other than knowing that because you are a child of universe, you are worthy, you were born worthy. So start being that way instead of trying to, to act it and make other people convinced. Powerful. And don't you think that's also why it's really important to, especially as women, surround ourselves with other women who know their worthiness. Because I find that if you surround yourself with other women who are very insecure, energy, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So you also have to protect your energy in the sense of who am I allowing in my space and how is their energy 
uh, impacting whether I choose to shine and be brilliant or whether I choose to sort of play it small because everyone else around me will be threatened. What do you think of that dynamic? That is right on. Absolutely. You know, um, I was having another discussion today, earlier today, actually, about this very thing that your tribe, the, the tribe that you should be choosing for yourself is that they jump out of their seats as if the, you know, when you succeed, as if it happened to them, that they see the beauty and the magic and the possibility of you growing and you shining your light in the world. And as you have to do for them as well. So it's not like, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at, you know, how great my life is. Um, it's not coming again from that energy of I, I need your approval, but it is more like we are all one. And when one of us wins, the other ones see the possibility for that. So surrounding yourself with women like that, with groups of people like that will elevate you to that level as well. You know, you can um, use the example of like a little goldfish or they call koi fish. Like if you put them in a small bowl, that's as big as they're going to grow. They're going to stay small. But if you put them in a pond with in a much bigger pond, then they grow to be much, much, much bigger. And it's about your pond. It's about your surroundings. When your surroundings are small minded, when your surrounding is with people who think that, you know, um, life is supposed to be hard or that, you know, other people are threatened by your success, then you're going to want to belong. So you're going to keep on dimming your light. But when you're in a bigger pond of groups of women that they're like, yes, that's possible. Yes, you deserve more. We all deserve more. The you know world is our oyster. Then you keep on growing and you know that just being one star in a whole sky is not as beautiful as a sky that is full of stars. So be a star among stars and Glow up the world, girl. Yes, I love that. And oh, wow, that's a beautiful metaphor for it. And it's so, it's so appropriate. What do you say to women entrepreneurs who may find themselves in circles where they are dimming their light because of who they're around, who they're spending time with? What is your recommendation for them? Well, first I would ask them, what is in them that is gravitating towards these kind of groups? Why is it that you don't want to shine your light? What do you associate shining your light with? So there must be some deeper pain around that, that, you know, they, let's say that they were doing well in school and um, they got good grades and they became the teacher's quote unquote pet and all the cool kids started making fun of them or they didn't want to, you know, have that in their in their circle of groups like they felt like now they are I don't know um, labeled as nerds and so they have to go and hang out with all the not so cool kids so they kind of try to fit in by not owning their full power because they're so afraid of being rejected by other people so that is something that we have to bring light on because it's there's so many women that have gone through it they have just been kicked out of tribes and groups of women because they they were um in one way or the other shining their light and i would then ask them that are you available to 
to expand your world and find your tribe of women that actually celebrate you because there's we we live in a very abundant world and those women are out there for you then if you're finding yourself among people that you feel like you have to dim your light in order to belong do you want to just survive and belong or do you want to thrive and be accepted and loved for exactly your your thriving that is so true so true Mm -hmm. and it's all out there it's a matter of being willing and open for the experience of, of finding your tribe. Absolutely. It's all possible for us. We just have to be be available to step in that journey and uh, face the fear because there's always fear. There's always fear. It's just a matter of looking at the fear and saying, I feel the fear, but I my, my desire is bigger than my fear. So I'm just going to go for that instead. Ooh, again, what you focus on grows. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I want to ask you a question about self doubt because I think a lot of uh, a lot of individuals in general they want to do their deep work, they want to to become the highest version of themselves, but they say, "But I have so much self doubt, and I have so much insecurity, and I don't feel ready to do the work." What do you say to those individuals who feel like overcome with self doubt? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of compassion for them. I mean. Um, there were many stages in my own life that I faced self-doubt and um, I had the thoughts that said that, you know, you don't have what it takes. It's a lot of work, all that stuff. So that's first bringing normality to that, that, you know, it's not like it's, it, this is only reserved for a certain kind of women that have no self-doubt. These, the women that make it, the women that actually step into their greater life are the ones that have those self-doubts but they really immersed in themselves is that if she could do it, I could too. So doing these podcast interview, for example, there shouldn't be a single woman that if they listen to a couple of these podcasts and say, oh, she, she, her story is worse than mine. What she overcame, what the, her insecurities, all the, all the pain that she went through, I'm, I bet you, you can find 10 stories that are worse than yours, no matter what you have been through. I had, I had people on my podcast that were homeless, that they were abused from the age of five to age of 20 and just what, you know, fathers that beat them up, all of them. So all of these women, they weren't like, Oh, you know what? With all that stuff that happened to me, I had no self doubt. I always knew I was going to be great. And no, nobody says that. Nobody believed that, but it's, who, again, you surround yourself with. Listening to podcasts like this is your tribe. Look at it this way. Looking, Surrounding yourself and reading books and doing the programs that remind you that you're not alone in your unique story. Your unique story, I'm so sorry, it is not so unique. There are so many women that have been there. I know it feels heavy and big to you, but it's not that big of a big of a story that you believe in there's someone that did it worse and then they were able to do it so just keep on looking at other people that have made it and tell yourself if she could do it i can too and that's the kind of over and over rewiring your brain uh, uh, that is when you start overcoming the self-doubts and the limiting beliefs that just keep on nagging that you can't do it other people can't that is so powerful. And, you know, it reminds me of something. One of my favorite authors is Marianne Williamson. And she said in one of her books, 
go where you belong. And I love the fact that you talk about finding your tribe isn't just about, okay, I have to find people who live in my city, in my area. It's reading the books. It's listening to the podcast. It's watching the videos. You can create your tribe, even if you're not physically in contact with them. And I love that you said that. No, that's so true. It is so true that, you know, we, you think that your high school friends or friends from college or colleagues are the only friends that you're meant to belong with. No, this world is now with this virtual awesomeness that we have, really, there is limitless possibility for you to surround yourself with incredibly powerful women and people in general. I absolutely adore that. So let me ask you a question about being fully adored. If there was one mindset shift that you would say to women, you know, this is the first mindset shift to work on, to move in the direction of knowing what fully adored looks like, feels like in your life, what what would you say that mindset shift should be? Oh, that is a really, really great question. I would say start with why wouldn't I be fully adored? What are the thoughts that first come to you when someone says you deserve to be fully adored? The negating voices that come to you. I can't be fully adored because I am too old. I'm too fat. I'm too successful. I make too much money. I make no money. I have, I'm a single mom or he's just hopeless. So, First and foremost, see what are the thoughts that are negating and telling you that that's not possible for you. And then be available to say, well, that's been the story that I've been telling myself. It's not the ultimate truth. It's not the ultimate truth because you will be able to find examples of women with exact things that you think make you unlovable that they are having the love of their lives exactly with your the single moms that I have coached a mother of two a teenager uh, and a six-year-old that is now in an incredible relationship a single mom of um, a few months old baby that is now with a man that is um not the father of the child but someone else and and a woman that has gone through one abusive relationship to another and now attracted someone that is just you know worships the ground that she walks on so first see what are your demons what are the lies that you are telling yourself i can't be fully adored because and then start um finding examples of the people who did it and start from there and then the belief that i am lovable i am enough the right person for me will love me exactly for who i am and all the stuff that i bring with myself so true so so true sharzad how can people find you online where can they find you uh i love to play on instagram i'm at fully adored on instagram i go do little stories and give you know um advice there i'm also on facebook my private facebook group is called fully adored queens that um again it's it's a very safe haven for me because women come and ask their questions you know sometimes women want to ask personal questions when it comes to relationships and they don't want to do it on public forum like um, Instagram so they can come there and ask me and I'm always there answering questions as well. So Fully Adored on Instagram and Fully Adored Queens group on Facebook. Wonderful, wonderful. And tell me about the teleclass and how people can learn more about that. 
Oh, this is one of my favorite gifts that I have for everyone. It's called Magnetic Scripts 101. And what I teach a woman in this free masterclass is that how to speak your truth to a man, whether you're dating or you're in a relationship, doesn't matter from a space of a feminine energy. So you're not um, shutting your voice down. You're not, um, you know, censoring yourself and you're not coming off as demanding and controlling either. So how to speak to a man basically to get all your needs met, no matter what it is. I go as far as, you know, if he is being, if you're feeling jealous, how can you use that feeling of jealousy to create more attraction? It's really, really juicy. So uh, I will, obviously provide the link so if your listeners want to go and get that for free wonderful i'll definitely be sure to put it in the show notes but also in the description for the show so whether on itunes or soundcloud they will be able to click and take the master class awesome wonderful sharzad thank you so much for your time today this was enlightening and that's that's putting it mildly thank you so much for the gift of you oh it's my great pleasure thank you so much for having me cassandra